This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, we have advice on recession-proofing your finances. The question is no longer if we will enter a recession, but rather when. So with so much economic uncertainty ahead, what should you be doing now to safeguard your finances? Joining me with advice on that is one of the country's leading and respected authorities on personal finance. You will know her from her time as chief financial commentator for CTV News BNN. Prior to television, she was a senior VP with TD Waterhouse, and she has co-authored several national best-selling books, Get Real, 26 Canadian Women Share the Secret to Authentic Success, and Live Well, Retire Well, Strategies for a Rich Life and a Richer Retirement and Retirement Strategies for Women. So for her outstanding contribution to the profession of financial planning, she has been recognized with several awards, including in 2007 when she received the Canada's Most Powerful Woman Top 100 Award in the Trailblazers and Trendsetters category. In 2009, she was recognized for her outstanding contribution to the profession of financial planning in Canada with the Donald J. Johnston Award. Patty Lovett-Reed, welcome back to your money. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Nancy. Thank you for having me. I think recession-proofing your life, it does sound a little ominous. And, and a little daunting for many out there too, Patty Wright, who are struggling right now mm-hmm. with everything that's happening. And of course, we just saw the Bank of Canada increase rates uh, again this week. Now, granted, a quarter point, which I was glad to see, right? That's the lowest that, that the increases has been since they've started. So glad to see that it was mm-hmm. just a quarter point. But even a quarter point is going to have a big impact for people. So we've got a lot to talk about. So let's let's jump right in here. So we've been hearing the warnings for some time now. Canada's heading into a a recession. And economists have been warning about the growing risk of a recession for months now. Scotiabank economists believe the economy will enter a technical recession in the first half of 2023. Royal Bank of Canada economists say it could be as early as the first quarter of next year. And the Bank of Canada policy will hit home in 2023 by David Rosenberg. These are all areas, right, that uh, or pieces mm-hmm. of media, I guess, that are out there where people are talking about the recession. So, Patty, are you in agreement? Are we facing a recession? Well, we're certainly going to be facing a stalling in the economy, uh, potentially a recession. But I, I happen to be, Nancy, in the camp that it will be a milder recession. When you look at our labor market, for example, uh, we have a labor shortage, and that isn't typically associated with a deep recession. Typically, at that point, you would see uh, job cuts and that impacting households. I think to be very clear why so many economists are calling for a pullback, albeit a recession, um, it's induced, quite frankly, by the Bank of Canada uh, deliberately. And you've already talked about it. We saw the Bank of Canada's main bank rate go to 4.5%. Just back on October 24, 2018, it was 1.75%. So it's been aggressive. It has moved eight times. 
And this is in an effort to bring down, obviously, inflation, to stall the economy. It's almost like hitting a reset button. And I would also add that the Bank of Canada alluded to the fact that they are they're going to be on hold because all of this aggressive movement in interest rate increases takes some time to work its way through the system. And at this point, when we start to see the Bank of Canada hold inflation come down, as I already alluded to, we move from sort of barely surviving to an economy that is actually thriving. But Nancy, it is going to take some time. When I look at the market, I'll just throw in one more point, uh, that the market is pricing in a 200 basis point cut in 2023-2024. So the economy slows. The Bank of Canada may have overshot. They're going to wait and see. And then, you know, the next move may be to the downside. And I think, you know, everyone agrees with that, Patty, right, that, you know, there is a recession coming and it's it's sort of a point in time, right? We've been there before. It will come back out. And it usually, to your point, ends up with an economy that's thriving. So that's what we want to focus on. But we just we need to get there, right, which is what we want to talk about today is how people can make their way through that. And many polls agree with everything that you're saying, right? We have a recent poll by Manulife that shows the vast majority at 87 percent of Canadians believe we will soon enter a recession. And in fact, some believe we're already there. A recent Ipsos poll shows that 86% of Canadians are worried we will go through a recession within the next year. And another survey earlier this month by Nanos shows that 9 out of 10 Canadians believe a recession is likely. So, you know, I don't don't think anyone would disagree that, you know, we're, we're going to get there. So knowing this... Um, how severe do you feel the recession will be? You did say earlier when we started the segment that you thought it would be light, but what can people expect with that? Uh, it, it can mean that we could see job cuts, uh, not necessarily in every single sector, but in some sectors. We're seeing it certainly in technology, uh, where maybe there during the pandemic there was rapid growth. Somebody make reference to um, the financial services sector. Uh, we could see pullbacks there. And, and so I do think that many individuals will be looking at the jobs that they have, the contributions they're making, and what exactly does it mean to their company. And, and I say that because uh, in some cases, a lot of companies have job vacancies. And one way of sort of getting through this relatively unscathed is to simply not replace the positions that they may have lost or maybe out there recruiting for. And so every company is going to be somewhat different. And and I will tell you that, you know, having spoken to so many Canadians, they don't worry about inflation until it hits home with them. And it hits home with them when all of a sudden they've lost their job, they're unable to make ends meet. But when I look at delinquencies, for example, in the housing market right now, yes, they are a little higher, but we have proven as an economy, as, as I believe many households have proven, to be somewhat resilient, maybe more so than they thought or many uh, experts in fields felt. 
Yeah, and you know, I think it, you're right. It will be different for everybody, right? And everyone's going to feel the, the impact a little different, whether you're an individual or a business. So I guess the mm-hmm. question that's in everyone's mind, and I know it's almost impossible to really predict, and that's why we're seeing some some people that say it's coming, some people that say we're there. But from your perspective, Patty, when do you believe we'll the recession will actually hit, and how long do you think it's going to last? You know, I, I honestly don't know uh, the answer to that. I've had the opportunity to speak to the economists on Bay Street uh, as recently as January, all of the chief economists, for that matter, in hosting an event. And I asked that question, and every one of them came back with, well, the economy may stall. We may be in a mild recession. We could hit a mild recession. I guess the question then becomes, like, does it matter if we see small growth, positive or negative growth? It, it all depends on your vantage point, um, where you're at and, and how it's impacting you directly. Um, you know, financial resiliency that that I believe is that it's the word I use for it is quite frankly, having some money to get through this period of time. Because I do think this next year, in 2023, it's going to be all about how we save, how we spend, and how we generate money. And I'm sure at some point, I'd like to break down what that word money means, because I do think it's something different for every household. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I see people every single day, and oftentimes people you know, think that in, in my business in insolvency, that I'm seeing people that have limited or, or no income. But in fact, I see people from all walks of life. So I, it's very uh-huh. real, right? The perspective for me that money is different to everyone because I have clients that make six figures, right? But they just they right. can't afford uh, the debt that they have. So it is a really good point. And we talked about um, on last week's show about the psychology of money, right? And the emotion and feeling that's behind money. So I think the word money has so many different meanings and, and, and drives so many different different feelings for so many people. I think you're right. So if I if I look at it differently than than I guess from a psychological take the M. This is a year where you need to manage that money. You need to have a plan um, and you need to manage your household money with precision. You got to get to know your numbers. Um, this plan that you may put in place for the next year, it's simply a roadmap. And you need to have some sort of financial destination with that roadmap because how will you as a household be able to take corrective action if you don't have a plan and you don't even need know you need to take some action? So I think it's about confronting your financial facts to ensure you have enough financial flexibility to still live for today. And I say that very deliberately because for all of us, you know, yeah, this may be a difficult time financially speaking, but it is our life and we are living today. You still need to tuck a little away for tomorrow. Um, I often think, Nancy, when it comes to the Owen money, it's about options, uh, especially for those that you may see who are treading water. Uh, you got to grant yourself permission to explore every option and to talk to professionals like yourself. You know, experts in debt management can negotiate with creditors on your behalf. Maybe stop the interest clock from ticking. Maybe even a moratorium on payments with some creditors. You know better than I am. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But the savvy person will ask for help. 
Absolutely. And sometimes people are really hesitant to do that because they think they should be able to manage it on your own. But we use the analogy all the time, right? You wouldn't try to treat yourself medically. You wouldn't try to fix your own car if you're not mechanically inclined, right? You're, you're going to take it to the people who know how to do that. So the sooner you reach out for help, you're going to put yourself at ease because at least you're going to know what those options are. And I love that, uh, you know, using the O and money as, uh, as meaning options. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, if I can, you know, you've often, I've heard you talk about the difference between needs versus wants. And resiliency in this next year, in my opinion, is going to be having the mental, emotional, and behavioral toughness to make the right choices at the right time for your household. It's not about right or wrong. It's about getting through this difficult time. And so many I've spoken to said, well, I'm not dining out anymore. I've started to shop my closet. We have downsized our home. Um, We're even going meatless a couple of days a week. We use coupons. We reduce waste. You know what I'm talking about. But through it all, having the mental toughness and awareness earnings still are going to be key this year and depending on your demographic let's say you're a retiree and maybe you decided to work part-time maybe you've delayed retirement maybe you have increased your retirement streams uh, in terms of earning through dividends whatever it is um, look for ways to generate earnings because that'll also give you a little flexibility financially speaking um, during this year no, I couldn't agree more with that, Patty. And we know, you know, we are talking about choices there. And some people say, you know, did the Bank of Canada have a choice in raising interest rates? After all, something had to be done, right, as you've mentioned, to address the soaring inflation. So we're going to talk more about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is personal finance expert, Patty Levitt-Reed. And today's focus is the looming recession. So we've been hearing the warnings for some time now. Canada is heading for a recession. And within the first half of last year, the federal government and the Bank of Canada Governor, Tiff Macklin, were talking about the economic uncertainty and speculating that we would experience what they're calling a soft landing. As mentioned, that was earlier in the year. By fall, so around mid-October, Finance Minister Christopher Freeland was warning Canadians that our economy will experience difficult days ahead. By late fall, the Bank of Canada Governor was warning Canadians to brace for a rough winter. And in a year-end speech in Vancouver, the Bank of Canada governor commented that while hiking rates too much could drive the economy into a more painful than necessary recession, the greater risk remained failing to sufficiently restrict financial conditions. So we saw the latest rate announcement on Wednesday. This hike is the latest of several we'll have seen in the last 10 months. And this time a year ago, the benchmark rate was a quarter percent. Today, it's over 4%. The central bank has come under fire for raising rates too aggressively. Many are saying it's what is pushing us into a recession. But the Bank of Canada had to do something. We're seeing inflation sort of decade high levels early 
earlier this year. And even though the rate slowed, it's still well above the Bank of Canada's target rate of 2%. So let's talk about this. What are your thoughts, Patty? Has the Bank of Canada been too aggressive? It's been aggressive, and I think it's been aggressive deliberately. Some would say they didn't move soon enough, and so now they're making up for lost time. Others are saying they're moving too aggressively. Uh, They have a credibility uh, issue at hand, so they needed to raise by 25 basis points this past week. And, And so did they go too far? I think time will tell. But there's there's no doubt about it. I said it earlier. I truly do think that this economic slowdown recession here in Canada is Bank of Canada induced because they would rather raise interest rates and sort of break the back of inflation so that um, we can get back to some equilibrium in the economy. And we're seeing some signs, albeit very early signs, that this is working. Uh, and so once we once we get some clarification, uh, and I think you raised a really great point here, inflation still is stubbornly high. So the fact that it's stubbornly high and the Bank of Canada has an interest rate inflation target of 1% to 3%, call it 2%, is that realistic? And many Canadians feel, no, it's not. We're going to see prices 5% higher. That may be more realistic. I think that's going to be a conversation that happens down the road, but not just yet. So, Patty, do you expect that we're going to see the Bank of Canada pause on future rate increases, or are we going to continue to see lower increases moving forward? You know, I am in the camp that, uh, you know, they could have gone either way this past week, stood pat, you know, at four and a quarter percent or go by 25 basis points because 25 basis points at the margin isn't going to make that much of a difference. It might be a bit of an insurance policy for them. And so they signaled that now they're on hold. Now they're going to let all of this rapid increase in rates work their way through the system and watch very closely the economic data points to see if, in fact, it's working and things are slowing down. Because right now, when you look at the economy, or let's say you look at household expenses, what you're seeing is that Inflation is still high. We're paying more for just about everything, particularly at the grocery store. We're paying more if we have a variable rate mortgage, and that's having an impact. And so these types of things force Canadians to simply say, I have to shut my wallet. I need to make sure the financial obligations that I have, I can fulfill and and I get through this period. And that's another way, of course, the intended impact of higher rates will have on the economy. Oh, absolutely. And there is a bit of a trickle-down effect, right, which means that we we do need to see some rebound happen because as people close their wallets, of course, there's an impact to small business, right, local business, where oh, people yeah. aren't necessarily eating out or they're not shopping, um, you know, popping into the, the local store. So, you know, at some oh, point we do sure. want to see that rebound so that we see that activity uh, come back as well, right? Oh, right. Because when you think of, we talk about uh, the backbone of the Canadian economy is is the entrepreneur. And um, yes, we need them to thrive. We need those who can afford to spend to go out and spend. You know, when we look at um, people in variable rate mortgages, for example, 
And you look at the slight increase recently this past week. And I, you know, I did a bit of a back of an envelope calculation. And they may have watched if they have a $700,000 mortgage and a 25-year amortization with 15% down. From what they may have been paying prior to this past week, it's about $89 more a week. So let's let's round it to $100 more a week. Um, or, or per month, excuse me, if you make monthly payments. So that can really have an impact on households. There's no question that they are spending less elsewhere. And so it's this balancing act right now of making sure you get by. And that's what people are doing. And that, in turn, will slow down this rapid pace of inflation. Absolutely. And we know there's a great deal of economic uncertainty. Right? I can't tell you how many times I've said the words economic uncertainty on this show over the last several months. But, yeah. you know, high inflation, as we said, even though it is starting to come down and rising interest rates. But of course, to your point, rising debt levels right among Canadians and many yeah. Canadian households are really struggling. So when you take all this into consideration, how concerned should Canadians be right now regarding the recession? And, and who do you think is most at risk? Well, the most at risk from my perspective is, is the low-income Canadians. The most at risk are the ones who were also most at risk during COVID. And they may have been in frontline jobs, the service sector, where if people aren't spending now, in the past they may not have been spending, or they may not have been going out and they weren't spending. Now they simply are choosing not to spend because they don't have that money. Um, that's, that's going to be tough for them. At the other end of the spectrum, I worry about retirees who don't have the opportunity to generate all the um, additional income streams that they might need to. I know you and I have talked about this before, but in the interest of disclosure, one of the jobs I do have is I hold the hat of chief financial commentator for Home Equity Bank. And we are definitely seeing an uptick of those over the age of 55 who have value in their home. And now they're exploring taking some of that value out so that they can stay in their home and still live a life. And it's not the right product for everyone, but it is a product under the option category for some people. Yeah, and it's such a tough choice to make, right? And taking that equity out, something that you maybe had as your nest egg or something that you wanted to be able to leave to your family. But for some, it's the right choice, right? And it's some, it's like, it's to your point, it's an option that, um, that they can consider. Well, Patty, there's no doubt that the recession is looming and Canadians are definitely worried. So what can you be doing now to recession-proof your finances? Well, Patty's got advice for you on that when we come back. Please stay with us. Join Brian Medor weekdays at noon for a comprehensive update on news from every corner on all levels. Newsmakers, weather, and more. Join us on your VOCM at noon. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is is personal finance expert Patty Lubber Reed. And we're talking about the looming recession. And, and Patty, there's no doubt, and you know, many surveys show Canadians are definitely concerned. In fact, a recent poll has found that more than a quarter of Canadians feel they won't be able to financially weather a recession. One in five at 20% of the survey respondents say they won't be able to withstand an economic downturn for more than a month. And some say their financial situation is already in dire straits and would be desperate amid the onset of a recession. So just over one third at 38% say that 
they will be able to weather a recession for six months, but not much longer. One third of respondents at 34% believe they can emerge from a recession unscathed. These respondents were most likely to be 55 years of age or older and have an income of at least $100,000. So Patty, are you surprised by these results at all? No, I'm not. But what I do worry about is that sometimes there is uh, a belief that you're worse, worse off, let me back up, there is a belief that you are worse off than you actually are. What I have found more frequently is uh, people will off the cuff say that they're not able to get through, but faced with a real challenge of getting through month to month, they find a way. Um, and, And I'm not saying everyone does, because I do think that there are households, when they say they can't get through, they definitely mean they can't get through. But there are others that once you know the numbers, um, I think now is a great, great time to do uh, two very popular uh, financial spreadsheets. One is an income statement. Understand how much money you have coming in, where it is you're spending your money, and aggressively look for areas. If you haven't signed a contract, you can cut it out. Uh, In some cases, you can negotiate a better contract. Some people will find themselves getting a raise at work. Um, Others will not be in that position, and it's a tough conversation to have. But I don't think because we're in a high inflation environment, that's a reason or the risk of recession, that it's a reason to go in and ask for a raise. But it is a good time to reassess what you're doing and your benefits package. Many, many Canadians don't take full advantage of that. And in some ways, when you realize what's covered and what you're entitled to, um, that's like giving yourself a raise. And so I think no stones left unturned right now. No, I couldn't agree more. We've been actually trying to provide that to our employees, like a a, a statement of their full compensation benefits so they can see exactly what the amounts are and what the things they are entitled to. Because you're right, many don't take advantage of some of the programs that are in place to, to help them. So I think that's so, so important. But I guess the good news is that many Canadians are cutting back in an effort to save money. And, and hopefully that will lessen the financial fallout of a recession. So if we look at a survey done by Angus Reid, it says that more than half of 57% are cutting back on discretionary spending. Two in five are delaying a major purchase at 42%. The same are driving less at about 41%. One third at 32% are canceling or scaling back on planned travel. One quarter mm-hmm. at 27% are scaling back on charitable giving. And one in five at 19% are deferring or not contributing to an RRSP or TFSA. So, you know, the first three of those, I think, you know, I'm happy to, to see. It's always a great way, great idea to look at those things to be able to, to scale back on spending. I think the bottom two are, are unfortunate realities of, of how people people um, need to try to save money, right? I hate to see that charities are getting less because people can't afford it. And I also hate to see that they're not able to contribute to their, their retirement planning. But what's your response to these survey results, Patty? Uh, they make all kinds of sense to me. And I'm in total agreement with you. You know, I said there were two sort of financial spreadsheets. I, I talked about the income statement, but it's also knowing your net worth. And when you compile a net worth statement, um, before you default to the assumption that you're living so close to the margin, um, 
you always you get a better idea when you have an accurate picture that may reflect whether or not that's true. So if you were to list down everything at a fair market value that you own, um, you won't know if you have some financial wiggle room. You may have an RFP and know that you can't contribute more this year. But now is a good time to look at the composition of that RFP and know that if you have some time on your side, valuations in the market have come down and really good companies, you know, it's been factored in to their stock price that, you know, some of the earnings that we're seeing, not all that great, but it's already been factored in. And so there will be buying opportunities for those who have time on their side to weather it. Or you may have been looking at a stock and thought, I kind of want to get into this, but it's always been too expensive. So if you, if you know what I'm sort of saying, I get that sometimes you have to take a pause, but only take a pause if you truly know your numbers. And even taking a pause doesn't mean you don't do something. It may be rebalancing it could be changing up your portfolio, um, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's some really great advice. And, you know, other advice. So I, I think sometimes when people find themselves in these situations, they think, oh, I have, you know, X amount of room left in my line of credit or my credit card, or maybe I can call my bank and get an increase in my credit card uh, availability of balance and those types of things. But I would, I would say those are also situations where you want to pause and go, okay, so even if I'm approved for this additional credit or if, if they do give me an, an increase in my balance, is that a band-aid? Is that something where I'm going to be able to afford the increased payment I'm going to have to make if I do use that increased balance, right? So there's lots of things that may seem like good ideas that you really need to pause and maybe ask for some advice on before you move forward with it. So what should people be doing versus not doing right now? Well, I, I don't think you draw down on a line of credit. I don't think you have a knee-jerk reaction. I don't think you take on more debt via expensive credit like a credit card until you really clearly know where you stand. Now, what you may be going through could be a temporary situation. And if that's the case, then sometimes family, friends are willing to help out. Uh, your financial institution, we talked about it earlier by going to an expert, you may get a moratorium for a month or two on payments. And yes, it may impact your credit rating, at least for now, but it also gets you through a difficult situation. But I don't think you continue to just rack up expensive debt uh, with the belief that it's okay to do it because we're going to get through this and there'll be more money at the end of the day because there, there just simply are no guarantees. You know, it wasn't that long ago, Nancy, I saw a report that highlighted the fact that people were borrowing to buy things that they knew they couldn't afford but needed to jump on it quickly because the fear was rates were going to go higher and it would make it just that much more affordable. And I have seen it. I have talked to people who say, I, I've seen a brand new cars in my neighbor's driveway and I know what they make. I know how they're living and I know one of them's unemployed. How are they doing it? So people use the excuse in some cases, not all, to overextend themselves in a low interest rate environment, thinking that life would never change or a day of reckoning wouldn't come. And it's coming. Maybe it's here. Yeah. 
No, I, I agree with you. And, you know, I always caution people, um, you know, that things aren't always what they seem. And although I look like someone has, you know, the, has everything and, and, you know, all the toys, they may not own any of it, right? And they may be struggling as yeah. much or more um, than you are, right? So um, it's it's always important not to compare yourself or, or feel even feel bad about what you don't have compared to someone else because you may not know the whole story. And getting through this requires some patience because all of this can seem really really scary um but you know we've we've heard this before this too shall pass and you've said it we have weathered this storm before and we will again but we really need to be thinking straight financially speaking no i couldn't agree more and i don't think there's any doubt that you know a recession is likely going to mean investments will be volatile you talked a little bit about investments um in this segment but i want to dive a little deeper on that when we get into the final segment on you know what advice you have for people on managing their investments during a recession so we'll talk about that when we come back please stay with us weekday mornings from 5 30 to 9 Jumpstart your day with jerry lynn Mackey and ben murphy newsmakers traffic weather and more during your vocm morning show. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is personal finance expert, Patty Lovett-Reed. Patty, before the break, you had some great advice for our listeners on managing their finances leading up to and during a recession. But I want to focus now on some investment advice. So investments are more volatile during a recession. And for those invested in the stock market, the coming months could mean a bumpy ride. Uh, we know stock prices generally sink during a recession, but also investors often lose faith in their investments as companies show reduced earnings and, and many people take their money out of the market for fear of heavy losses. So what advice do you have for our listeners? Well, I'd like to start with remember the mantra. You don't want to uh, buy high and sell low. And there are institutional investors out there just waiting for the little guy, to your point, that has lost faith in the particular market or a company or a sector. They decide they're going to throw in the towel and move to the sidelines. And just about everything has been beaten up in this market. There is volatility. It has everything to do with a rising interest rate environment. And what happens is as rates go higher, we've talked about it, we're still dealing with high inflation. Households have less money to spend. Less money translates into less buying, and that results in lower corporate profits. And so what we are seeing is companies are reporting lower corporate profits, but that's been baked into the market now. What I will say is that at no point will the market stand up and wave a white flag and say, okay, uh, the volatility is over. It's time to get back into the market. And some of the biggest swings happen on seemingly uneventful, unexciting news when you least expect it. And so in order to participate in the upside of the market, because you sure have been there on the downside, if you have good quality companies that are leaders in their industry that have real cash, hopefully are paying you a dividend to wait, then um, you stand pat. Uh, we are in our household, our portfolio. Did we lose money last year? We did. Did we lose a ton? No, actually, the TSX held up fairly well. We were well diversified. And 
I think we have dividend-paying stocks and some of uh, the holdings, and we will get through this. So don't fall in love with your assets, but if you are stretched to the limit, um, you know, think about what it means to you and what your timing looks like on selling. The last thing I'll throw out there on that point is I'm a big fan of dollar cost averaging on the way in. Uh, buying into positions, whether it's a mutual fund, an exchange-traded fund, an individual company. On regular predetermined dates, it takes the guesswork out. Some days the price will be higher. Some days it'll be lower. Hopefully it works to your advantage at the end of the day. But also when you take money out of the market, dollar cost on the way out. Even the pros in the business um, have a hard time getting it right. And definitely have a hard time getting it right twice, going in and coming out. So I like dollar cost averaging. That's some really great advice. So if we looked at um, the average investor out there, Patty, what are some of the common mistakes that they make when times are uncertain like they are today? And how can people avoid making these mistakes? You know, I think it comes down to the individual. There will be some that will simply sit in cash for too long. And having cash in a period like this is a good thing. Um, And taking a cautious tone when it comes to investing can be very prudent. Uh, In a rising interest rate environment, you're getting paid a little more for sitting in your savings account. But by not doing something with your money and not factoring in taxes and inflation, if you're just sitting in cash, your purchasing power is eroding. And so I worry about that. I worry about people who fall in love with their investments and think this company can do no wrong. Um, I'm not sure that, you know, it's an investment. You, You can't fall in love with your assets. The other thing I would add to it is don't abdicate responsibility to anyone else when it comes to your financial future. I am a certified financial planner, but I have uh, an advisor who manages our portfolio. But Nancy, that doesn't mean I'm not involved on a regular basis. I'm probably not the best client to have because I will (laughs) challenge assumptions. I will talk about them. But at the end of the day, I could be doing something um, and I don't have my eye on the market the way they do every minute and they know our goals they know our tolerance for risk they know our time horizon so it's not abdicating responsibility to them it's working in partnership with them yeah I love that it needs to be a partnership right Um, you know even the average person is not going to have the knowledge that you have as a certified financial planner but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't educate themselves or ask more questions of their advisor uh, when they're having those meetings right so that they really do have a good understanding of what their situation is and and what the advice is that they're giving and is it the right advice for, for them you know we know it's so important that you have that rapport with your investment advisor right so that you 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 have that relationship right so how important is it right now for people to be either finding an advisor or talking with their current advisor uh, about their portfolio as we go into a recession oh absolutely listen if your advisor is not reaching out to you then I would ask why I want to hear from my advisor and guess what it is your money and you get to dictate the terms if you want to hear from your advisor once a quarter 
then you need to have that conversation with them. I'm happy to watch our portfolio, discuss it within our household, um, be relatively comfortable hearing from our advisor maybe twice a year. Doing an annual review is a must. I also think you need to be really selective about your news media. I know it sounds funny coming from somebody who was in the news. But if all you hear is negative news, it's going to impact you in a negative way. And I always say to people, if you're watching all news outlets, they have to fill a fair amount of content and X amount of hours of programming. And they can slice and dice a story a number of different ways. Some may work to your advantage, others may not. And so I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that if if only you take your advice from a news media outlet, it could impact you directly in ways that could be harmful in the long run. Sometimes doing nothing um, is one of the toughest courses of action, but the most appropriate. Yeah, I think it is important to, to understand that, right? And not not to panic or not, you know, rush to judgment on the things that you should be doing. And, and to what we've been talking about now a couple of times during the show is get the right advice, right? Make sure you're asking the questions, yeah. whether it's around investments or budgeting or debt repayment plans or whatever it is that you think is going to help uh, in your situation, then you need to get the right advice or get advice on all three of those those things, yeah. right? Knowledge is power. So the more you know... The above. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Patty, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Some really great advice for our listeners, but we do have some time now for some final thoughts. So if you could leave our listeners with a final thought today, what would it be? You know, I don't want anyone to leave all of their money for tomorrow. If you're retired, for example, you do get to spend. Enjoy your life. I've said it before, because if you don't, your heirs will. And, you know, regardless of your age, your golden years are the year you are in right now. You don't get this time back. Uh, and so I've often joked with people, but, but I mean it with all sincerity. When I go back to my money concept, uh, where I spelled out money and we talked about it, um, the one area that I didn't talk about was the why. And that why in money is yes. I, I think for me, 2023 is the year of saying yes. Yes to new opportunities, new adventures, lifestyle decisions. And I mean that regardless of what's going on in the economy. So if you have financial resiliency, or if I can say it, you do have some money, you know you're going to get through this year and you can do so with a positive attitude and maybe maybe a few new life experiences along the way. Yeah, I love that. I, I really do. And I, I think, you know, looking at things, sometimes you, you get bogged down, right, when there's so much in the media about recession and inflation and people that are struggling and insolvency rates going up and, and delinquency rates on credit cards. And there's all mm-hmm. this doom and gloom. So I, I love, you know, taking a break from that. Um, media, taking a break from maybe some of the stuff that you're seeing in, in social media and really focusing on the positivity that you can bring to 2023 for yourself, right? No matter how big or Love small it. that is. But yeah, it's it's so important to, to make sure that you're you're living your life for sure. I couldn't agree more. Amazing. So this is the year, I didn't coin this is the year of yes. I think many have before me, but it's our year of yes. 
Yeah, I think that's so great. Well, Patty, thanks again for taking the time to join us today. If people wanted to reach out, wanted to follow you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, probably on Instagram because I do post a lot that we about money. Five the the four F's in my life: family, fun, fitness, and finances. It's Patty underscore Love It Reese. Thanks, Nancy. That's great. Well, I look forward to talking to you again in, in the future, Patty. It's always great to uh, to talk with you. But to our listeners out there, remember, I always want to hear from you, too. If you have a comment or question or a topic you'd like us to discuss here on Your Money, you can email me at yourmoneyatbdo.ca or give me a call at 800-563-8337. Until next time, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoneyatbdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees, on your VOCM.